I'm going to take a line from one of my favorite podcasts, Reading Glasses. If you're a book lover, that's a great podcast to check out. And I'm going to ask you, what are you reading right now? Okay, I'm reading the file folders on my desktop that say Untitled Folder <laughs> 1, Untitled Folder 2, Untitled Folder 3. I've got a bunch of screenshots. So yeah, you know, I'm actually pretty... Right what'd you say? You're in the middle of a book right now, or graphic novel, or something. Oh, um... You pick and choose. I'm, try, I'm trying to think. Okay, so, like, technically, I guess I'm in the middle of Watchmen. Um, I got Watchmen for my birthday, and I have opened the book and not started it yet. Um, but I guess I, you know, I've cracked it open. Though. I'm, I do, I really want to definitely read that. that I'm, that's probably like the thing that I'm reading right now. The thing I'm most excited about, which is cool because guess what Watchmen is? Well, I mean, it's a graphic novel, but guess what Watchmen became? An adaptation. Yes. A book adaptation, which is what the episode six of Quick Takes is going to be all about. So I, I am this, Nick. I Go ahead. Wow. That was like segueing. I am Nick, and you are Jordan. And Say hi. And I'm Jordan. Yeah. Hi. Hi. You just don't I want, want to him to have any idea who we are. And this is wow. take three. Wow. Was... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? I had, I was going to show you something. There's this, there's this um, container next to me, okay? And it's full of thunder. And you just came in and took it. <laughs> what? You stole my goddamn thunder. You were supposed to ask, oh, what are you reading? Oh. In response. But you just kind of took it. And I know it. what you're reading. Because we happen to talk and every was, day. I know, but that was my segue into the intro. And I was going to be like, what a great way oh, to bring up well, you these things. And you you, you knew that I was reading Watchmen. Or that I, I at least know. cracked it over. that. Because you also have my copy of My Best Friend's Exorcism. So oh, you're that's that the book I should be reading, too. Yes, it is, because it's a good yeah, book. Yeah, it's just really busy. I've got a lot of stuff going on. Like, I, that's not even a joke. Like, I am always yeah, busy. It's a busy summer. It's, doing it's some, been a very something busy crazy. Yeah, um, but I do like to read. Um, and I know that you, you know, you've, you've read a book or two in your life. Read several books. I'm a very big reader. I think you've inspired me to to get back into reading because I think I, I I was someone who I I think I liked it when I was really young and then like through school I was it kind of just it was a chore you know what I mean it was it was just something you had to do so it was like ugh and then right out of college I read a bunch of um I mean I'm sorry right out of high school when I started college I was reading a bunch of like nonfiction stuff oh no that was before screenplays oh. so. Uh, I was reading a bunch of like people's like bios and, and things like that that I was really into. Like I remember I read Ozzy Osbourne's biography and it was just like, huh. it, it was, it's a wild ride. But basically then I was, when, when I went to film school, it was like, okay, you've got to read screenplays and you've got to read books about this kind of stuff. But like getting back into fiction since I've known you, uh, I've really, we've enjoyed a lot of books together. Like I've, we've read some of the same books that I've really enjoyed. I remember the first book you ever bought me was ready player one. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was, and we, I absolutely loved the book. And then I thought that the movie was 
even better. I was super, I was a super big fan of the movie. Yeah. And even I wish that I read more. Uh, I maybe read like a book and a half a month. Um, I'm nowhere near the rate that you're like your mom. I know some people read very quickly. I know your mom devours like a book a day. Yeah, my mom my mom can read. I mean, she works probably probably like 50 to 60 hours a week or whatever and comes home and, you know, does all kinds of stuff, but uh she, and she still it finds time to just read her ass off. Yeah. She read um okay, am I this might be the wrong numbers, but 112263 or something like that. The Stephen King one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you bought it for her for her birthday. Mm-hmm. And she read it in like 2 days. Yeah. And it's yeah. like long. It's like a thousand pages or something. That's impressive. It took me a month or it, no, it took me more than a month. It took me an ungodly amount of time to read it. So granted that's a very large book, but that's like five well, books. Well, so is that. I mean, so is so is that um 112263 book. That's really long too. So like we'll be bringing up Stephen King a lot in this in this episode. We're very big fans. I remember you tweeted him when we we went we dressed up as Georgie and Cujo. Um, yeah, last Halloween that was so much fun. You, I remember you tweeted him, and like for a split second, we were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna be his like best friends. He's gonna invite yeah. us up to his house in Maine." And because we were the first ones to come up with the idea yeah, of dressing up as yeah. he's as gonna his want character. us to be in his band and stuff. <laughs> he's gonna like play guitar with us, and oh my god, that would be amazing. And his movie, uh, this will drop on the twenty third. Uh, this his, episode, yeah, uh, his latest, the latest adaptation of his work, it chapter two drops September sixth, and so that's exciting. We're really looking forward to that. And next week, like episode two of season uh, two or episode, I think it's nineteen overall, is going to be about it chapter one. Very exciting. Yes. That's a that's also an adaptation. We like inadvertently our first three episodes of this season, episodes eighteen, nineteen, and twenty are all book adaptations, and we didn't even mean to do that. Wow. No, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So you still haven't asked me what I'm reading. Um, oh, my God. I'm, I'm just going to... I know what I'm you're just, reading, but what are you reading? The reason I'm so eager to bring this up is because I also want to advertise another podcast uh, and, and give them a shout-out because they are great. Uh, I am currently reading... Well, first, I'm reading The Goldfinch, which is going to be also adapted because I want to say, like, 80% of the books that I read are to prepare for their adaptations, be it a show or a movie. Yeah. So that's one of them. But the second one that I want to bring up is The Stand, by also by Stephen King. And there's a podcast out there called The Circle Opens. Uh, it's a, her The host's name is Sarah. And she goes into a chapter-by-chapter chapter review each week of The Stand. So if you want to get into reading or you want to get into reading The Stand, she's a very great way to keep yourself motivated to read each week and to get through this beast of a monster beast of a monster (laughs) monster or beast of a book that is the stand it's even longer than it was yeah i think it's his longest book so um she covers the unabridged version and she's a great host she's she's really screwed up book too you read me like the first chapter of it like right before bed it was like oh let me read you this terrifying bedtime story and i thought i was i was like that's nightmare fuel like this is this is this is screwed up if she if she's listening to this props to you sarah because oh my gosh i've only uh, you know heard just a couple of pages of it 
I read him. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't do. that. I can't read that book. <laughs> I read him the the gas station scene. So anyone who knows that knows, or knows the stand knows the reference. I like. I don't want to step on your point or divert from it too much, but I think it's interesting because you were the type of person that like when a movie comes out that's that's looks great and it has a book adaptation, you're like, oh, I need to read this book before yeah. the movie. Yeah. I am the type of person that's like. That movie's coming out. I am not going to read the book. I, I don't want to ruin the movie. You know what I mean? So we place importance. Like, I think the book is more important to you in that sense. And then the movie's more important to me. I think I'll enjoy the movie better. You think you enjoy the book better, right? That's not, it's not that I think I'll enjoy the book better. It's that I know if I watch the movie, I will have zero motivation to go read the book because I already know the story. Gotcha. Um, and I think it's more. I want to appreciate the baseline first and, and I like, I want to put the work into it and putting the work into it means reading the book first. Yeah. Because I just want to like, be spoon fed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not the case for me. But I will say though, that the, um, like the stand absolutely seems like it's phenomenal. Apparently it's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, it, like people, people call him, there are certain books that are, that he's like, the it author the stand author you know mm. what i mean like he's known for that and carry and, and and things that are you know they will transcend his work that's his like 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 lady gaga has born this way you know what i mean Stephen <laughs> king has those kinds of books like he will always be be known for that couple yeah. that i just listed and you know not to say his other work isn't amazing because it, it my favorite book of his is something that's not very popular um which is dolores claiborne um, also an annotation yes and um oh but okay so i was like where was i going with this <laughs> the gold finch that trailer looks amazing i feel like the first time i saw it was when we were um going to see uh once upon a time in hollywood mm -hmm. and we literally got there so early that every trailer played twice yeah, they were so having we some issue. Yeah, they were having some issue with with the the opening stuff, and some guy came in and is like, "Everything's fine, but we just have to rerun the yeah. trailers for some reason." I don't know, but um, it was it, like I was like, "I'm enjoying this." I watched it twice. That's <laughs> oh um, yeah, I'm very excited for it. Did you hear that that Where'd You Go Bernadette book or whatever did like really poorly? Um, this past weekend when it came out though oh, I didn't even realize it came out yeah wow. like I, I it, it couldn't have been like a wide release but it, it didn't even that had a really great cast too that had Kate Blanchett I believe yeah. Kristen Wiig was in it and some yeah. other like really big that's a shame that's yeah a sh I haven't I haven't read it but I do know that I remember seeing the cover for that book fucking everywhere it was everywhere when it came out really yeah yeah I feel like you when when the trailer like I feel like it's also in a trailer that we've been seeing for like a long time. I wonder mm -hmm. if it had trouble finding distribution or something. But um, I remember when you first told me, you were like, "Oh my gosh, it's that book! It's that book!" Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like you did show me the cover, and I recognized it, but I, I didn't know the name of it. I feel like anyone would recognize the cover. It's like that teal cover, and it's got the woman with the big, huge glasses yeah. on it. But yeah, this is. I don't know if we're still in like intro territory, but yes, this, this episode is about adaptations, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> book adaptations. Uh, I'm a super big reader. I love books. I love reading. I have too many and there's not enough hours in the day, but absolutely. 
absolutely. I told my mom, I said, don't worry about, you know, because uh, she's taking a bit. She, you also got her hearts in Atlantis. And I was like, you don't worry about necessarily like reading that next if you need a break from, you know, them being so long, if you want to read some shorter stuff. Because uh, he has books that you gave him three years ago that he's yeah. not read yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have so many books. And I, I always feel like I don't have enough. Because yeah. I just, I want all of them. but um, All of the books. Definitely. All of the books, yes. I, I want to try and stay away from talking too much about Stephen King. I know that's probably not the last time we're bringing him up, but uh, we do have a Stephen King-specific episode coming out, so there are a lot of yeah, things that and, we can cover there. Yeah, and then and the next episode you guys hear after this will be about <laughs> it's gonna be, a Stephen King book as well. So Yeah, yeah. We just love him. We love yeah. him. He's great. Uh, it's like a weird um, confluence of events too that this would all yeah. happen at one time. But yeah. it's always like we planned it out that way. Um, <laughs> I just feel like there are certain stories that like lend themselves toward being adapted more than others. Obviously, you know there are like I, I was reading some stuff and I feel like I don't know if I read this or watched it in a video, but basically it was said that it, like it was brought up like Catcher in the Rye. That's very like, like it's a lot of the um, main characters' inner thoughts. thoughts. Yeah, yeah, you know, so it's like it's hard to do in a movie. Like, you would almost have to not. You almost have to to change that because, unless you're, I don't know, like modern day inner monologues, are boring. Rarely work. I remember yeah. <laughs> in when I, I would any screenwriting class I would ever take, the teacher was like you cannot write an inner monologue. Like you are not writing a voiceover for your character. Uh, and a lot of people consider that like a lazy form of storytelling because you are essentially telling and not showing. You're handing, exactly. You're yeah. handing the audience everything they need to know instead yeah. of using like context to, to show it. Exactly. And like movies and, and stories have different challenges because like mm. movies are able to use an actor's performance, editing, pacing, visuals, all to push that story forward. But a book has to conjure all of that feeling and story momentum with just words. I mean, they, mm. you really, you can't, um, I mean, I know you have to, to write a screenplay, but if you ever have read a screenplay, so much of it is not there. Like they do not directly translate. Not only are they, very do they very often change from from actual screenplay to movie but you get a situation where just the editing of a scene can can add so much tension and it's like a book has to just do that with the poetry of the words and so i would never argue that m making a movie is easier than writing a book or i wouldn't even argue it the other way around i think they're both like monumental feats that each like present a unique challenge, but I will say that I think it is much easier to watch a movie than read a book. Like it is, yes. I mean, because you have to, you have to, when you read something like that, when you, when you're reading a book, you are, you are, you are given the opportunity and you, and, and it's good that you see it as an opportunity because it is, but to formulate and to let your imagination run wild. Whereas a movie, you kind of just, at least at face value, if you're not analyzing it, you can just sort of take it in. I think we're comparing two very different art forms here. And it's not that, like, yes, watching a movie is easier. I feel like yeah. there's probably less commitment 
time-wise to a movie. Well, that's uh, yeah, obviously. Obvious, but I don't know. No, I guess I know uh, that you're not like discrediting books, but no, like, it no, is. no. I'm <laughs> saying that like I think a like um because wa- watching a movie is easier. It it to me. While I, again, while I won't say that writing a book is easier than making a movie, movies are more to a degree like easy to consume, yeah. And that's why people a lot of you know can can binge movies and watch a ton of movies, but it's like harder to get people to sit down and actually like read something, right. um, And so I, I, all this just was just a uh, a point to to say that like movie adaptations. Um, or book adaptations that are that have been books that have been adapted into movies um, are presented with a unique challenge of taking something that was, you know, meant to set your imagination wild, n- and now they're in a sense having to be like, no, you don't get to make up what what's actually happening. We're going to show you what's happening. Yeah, and so like. It's just like, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, but also coming from someone who loves seeing both sides and loves seeing a story come to life in front of me, it's a lot of fun to compare the universes. Uh, there are books that kind of completely flip what I had in my head on its head. Yeah. Uh, for example, Annihilation, that just kind of took a small piece of the book and then just ran with it and kind of went in its own direction. Uh, and that was great. Another movie that I really loved the adaptation for because it was so strict to the book was, um, what was it? Girl with all the gifts. Uh, it's a lesser known movie, but it's, uh, I'd say a semi-popular book. It's about, uh, zombies and, uh, like a disease, uh, kind of thing. Uh, great movie, but it, I, I, loved what I saw in front of me. I was like, this is exactly what I saw in my head when I read this book. Like oh, it, was, it was very faithful. And then yeah. I think that kind of dynamic is fun, just sort of comparing two art forms with the same general idea. I just think it's fascinating. I think it's, it is. it's and, really, really cool. And as, I mean, uh, something else that obviously is, is a factor is the fact that books can be thousands of pages long if they want to. Yeah. And you're not going to charge... You know, a thousand a thousand page book and a two hundred three hundred page book are probably right around the same price, maybe mm-hmm. a couple dollars more. You still go to the same place to buy them, and you know they're probably right next to each other on the shelf. Whereas, like movie, a movie can't be that long. You know what I mean? And if it's if it's four hundred page book like being adapted into a, a two hour movie. A thousand-page book certainly can't be adapted into uh, like a four-hour movie. Like that doesn't—that's yeah, not yeah. palatable. So, luckily, we have sequels and chapters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what? That was that was one thing I also wanted to bring up is um, I, I know we've kind of like fallen out of good graces with the YA novels. Like we don't necessarily like as a as at least in America, like as a society, they these movies. I guess people just don't want to see them anymore because they don't do well in theaters anymore. But I was looking for like movies that I'm like, you know, popular books that have not been adapted. And it was like all the, like this long stretch of young adult novels. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not interested in any of this. I know, you know, people, people write books now hoping they're going to get adapted. But it's, yeah. Certainly yeah, different with the sole now. intent, you know, however, yeah. I did stumble upon 
Percy Jackson, the Percy Jackson books. Mm-hmm. Like you're okay, and I know that that did get at least one movie, maybe two. Yes, um, that had Uma Thurman in it, I believe, and the three kids. <laughs> it's yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Lightning Thief, right? The, the yes, um, the Lightning, yeah, yeah the, with the gods thief. and the demigods, and exactly. And yeah. I just think that like that had so much potential, and I remember seeing the first movie and being okay with it. Mm-hmm. But there's ten of those books, and wow. I don't know. Like that's like I feel like that needs that deserves another chance to me. Like that well, is I don't know. It's weird. I think it's very hit or miss because you could compare something like The Hunger Games, which is a very successful young adult trilogy uh that was very successful as movies, but then you have things like The Maze Runner, which was a very successful series but didn't really do well or that or like divergent those movies. Well, yeah, but I guess my argument straight to DVD. My argument is just like that seemed, that seemed different enough. It seemed more fantastical and more in the vein of something maybe like Harry Potter versus like Percy Jackson. Did you mean? Yeah. I'm like so sick of like, I feel like every young adult novel I hear about is like, well, this, this dystopian society and everyone's divided into groups yeah, 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 and yeah. everybody has a certain power or a certain this. And I never even watched the Divergent. I just thought those looked like garbage. Like it, I, I just was not ever interested in them. And then they didn't wind up making them. I don't know. Like they didn't wind up finishing it. So Right, right. But I just, yeah. I think it's, it's a weird, it's an interesting thing to do because you said it has 10 books. I know the series of unfortunate events movies, which I think I'm the only person in the world who loved the first one, the one with Jim Carrey. I am still obsessed with that movie. I think it's I wonderful. loved it too. I think it's okay. We are the only people. <laughs> Everyone else hated it. I, the music is perfect. Uh, just the whole style, everything was amazing about it, but that was instead of, taking a book and splitting it up into three movies that took the first three books and compiled them into one, movie, into yeah. one movie, which like I think it did it very well. And I think it was very true to the books and I don't know, it will never come back again. I mean, they did a Netflix series, but like with that cast, it will never happen again. Unfortunately, like Meryl Streep was in that movie. Yeah. It was great. It was <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. It's, I think it, it's certainly case by case. I just think, I, all, my whole point of that was just give Percy another chance because I would watch these yeah. movies. It, it just seems like a cool concept, not executed properly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know you were telling me you had like questions or trivia questions to I ask do. me and things for me to guess. I have a lot of lists and a lot of trivia. So there was a link that I saw or an article that I saw that kind of broke down the first stories to ever be adapted to film. And a lot of them I didn't recognize. I don't think a lot of people would recognize. Um, and a lot of them were like old black and white, like half hour quote unquote movies. Makes that, sense. Yeah. I mean, back when movies were first a thing, but yeah. uh, a Christmas Carol and Alice in Wonderland were of the first to be like adapted and sort of taken seriously, I guess. Never heard of them. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, can you guess the highest growth grossing movie adaptation? Highest grossing movie adaptation. Well, clearly it would. Or are you talking about a book adaptation into a movie? Oh yeah, a book to movie adaptation. All right. So I mean, is this a movie I've heard of? Of course, absolutely. Okay. I'm just trying to think of like I know, I know there are movies that have broken the billion dollar like that are in the billion dollar club. We're talking worldwide. Okay. Yeah, these movies worldwide broke billion dollars. Yes, this um, one did. Yes, yeah, this one absolutely did. Okay, 
Cousin? Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Give me a clue Actually, or something. I mean, think of the highest uh, or the most popular or prolific authors of all time. J.K. Rowling. Yes. Is it is it Harry Potter? Which one? Deathly Hollows. Which one? That's the only Deathly Hollows Part Two is the only movie yeah. that made a, a over, over a billion dollars. Yeah. All of them got close. The lowest was Prisoner of Azkaban with only seven, like four million away from eight hundred million dollars. But the rest are above eight hundred yeah. million. Like they they were very very close. But the um, well, a billion dollars wasn't that common back then either. Right. Right. You know, only now is it like. Uh, every movie Marvel puts out is a billion dollars, and then you know if if you don't get close, then you failed. Yeah, Disney has literally put out. If you don't count Spider Man, which uh, you shouldn't, because it's a Sony movie, but like Disney has put out five billion dollar movies this year. So it's like it's it's much more common now. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, especially with you know those big, huge, someone as big as Disney. Yeah. Well, they should make a billion dollars because they cost they cost like two three hundred million dollars <laughs> to make. So yeah, yeah. Um, two thirds of the best picture winners from the Academy Awards uh, are adaptations. Oh, cool! Both Anthony Burgess and Stephen King hate their adaptations by Kubrick. So Stephen King, if you have not listened to that episode, uh, was not a fan of the Shining adaptation. Rightfully so. And Anthony Burgess didn't like his adaptation of A Clockwork Orange, which I haven't seen and I haven't read. That book is almost impossible to read. I've never read the book and I never will. And I will, yeah. I, it, I, you would have to do what they do in the to movie. me in the, or what they do to that character to me, which is like, hold your eyes open with, oh my yeah. God, it's, they just torture people. I mean, it's yeah. just, Yeah. And apparently that book is all about redemption and Kubrick just wanted to fill the whole time with just really graphic scenes and which I'm not surprised knowing his history. I just, I don't like that man. I'm not a fan, uh, but he's the master adapter. All of his, all of his films have been adaptations. Yeah. Right. So uh, I, I don't know if it's like all, I mean, maybe, yeah. I don't know if it's like all everyone I can think of is. Yeah. 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 I have a list of movies compiled here that, I was surprised to know were were adapted. Uh, there's oh really? Die, okay. Yeah. Did you know that Die Hard was a book first? It was a book called Nothing Lasts Forever. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I did not. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire was a was an adaptation of the book Madame Doubtfire. Can I tell them that we're doing Die Hard? Are we doing Die Hard? Oh, for yeah. Christmas we're doing Die Hard. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I haven't seen any of them. Are there sequels? There are sequels. So there are five Die Hard movies. There's oh Die Hard, Die Hard Two, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Live Free or Die Hard, and then A Good Day to Die Hard, and then To Die Too Hard. Yes. <laughs> the Parent Trap was adapted from the book Lottie and Lisa. Psycho was an adaptation. Uh, yes. Mars Attacks was an adaptation of a trading card game, which I thought was interesting. And we're not just talking about like books or graphic novels; like these are <laughs> Mars Attacks. That yeah, funny. Was it Tim Burton who did it? I don't think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was Tim Burton. Yeah, Mars. Yeah, I think so. I haven't seen it, but I know it's a very niche classic. A lot of people love that movie. Um, but that was adapted from a trading card game, apparently. Jaws was an adaptation of a book. 
Forrest Gump was an adaptation of a book. And funny story, Winston Groom, who was the author, only made 3% of the profits for that movie, which is a shame. They do not give writers enough. I mean, I, I, I've heard so many stories. I hope that like Stephen King can throw his weight around and get bigger percentage of percentages of the gross now but like Here's, uh, it's not it's it's not like enough like mm. authors that are not you know the global superstar that stephen king is yeah. don't get do not get enough love and do not get enough of their um well we'll get in we'll get into stephen king because stephen king does something interesting with his uh rights uh and i can imagine that stephen king does not really care about the profits that he makes from his i can i can imagine yeah, he's not the I kind still, of person who would care I, I know okay care maybe you know he doesn't need it or whatever but he also should fight for what you know what i mean what is appropriate because he's not like when you get to be when you when you're when you're stephen king like you're probably just thinking about you know your legacy and being able to donate and also set your kids up and your kids kids yeah. and all that stuff but like yeah everyone knows what is adapted from the Steve. like dr sleep's coming out i feel like yeah. everyone's gonna know that that came from stephen king like i don't think he's out for credit i don't think he's out for profit i w- i think he's just proud that people are loving his stories and want to bring them to another another f- medium yeah yeah um, mean girls was a was actually adapted from a self-help book called queen bees and wannabes yeah, I knew that. Legally Blonde was an adaptation. Pitch Perfect was an adaptation. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You was based on a Shakespeare play. Yeah, um, a Turn of the Screw or Turn of the Shrew or what is that? What is taming it? of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew. Yeah, Taming of the Shrew. Let me get that right, okay. Yeah, Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> and then the last one is uh, She's the Man was also based off of a Shakespeare play, The Twelfth Night. Very cool. What are all these like? There's, I think, next to Stephen King, Shakespeare is the most, I don't want to say next to, because Shakespeare is the most, Stephen King is the, the close second, but the most adapted author, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I have no idea. It's like, that. that's a, um, I, I have no, that you could be telling me that, and <laughs> I, I believe you. I don't know if that's true or not. Close runner-ups being like Agatha Christie, who has a ton of things out um, and adapted. But do you know uh, that this Nicholas is correct? Sparks. I saw an infographic that I can link um, that has things. And I think it's it's kind of weird because a lot of, I think some resources only state like feature-length films, whereas there are, I'm sure, a ton of works that just aren't. I don't know, on IMDb or not really like theater yeah. movies. So it's, it's hard to, to gauge, but, um, but yeah, Shakespeare has been adapted quite a bit. He has like hundreds of, of references on at least his Wikipedia. So yeah. Makes sense. And mm-hmm. I, I've seen, um, I've seen articles all over. It's like Stephen King books that still need to be. Yeah. Adapted still need to be, you know. Still so go into going back to his thing. Go into his rights, his um, his dollar. Thing. Oh, so okay. So this is just something that is actually pretty cool. And I took a lot of screenplay classes in college, and even a um, adaptation, like a screenplay adaptation class. And I wish I kind of would have known about this stuff because I probably would have picked one of these. <laughs> um, but 
basically Stephen King has these things called dollar babies. And it's he basically is, he says it's on his website and it says these stories are not under contract for movies, which means they are available for film students who want to try their hands at a Stephen King story. If you want to be one of my dollar babies, send us your info. And oh, it's literally so like, cool. like 20 or so different stories that he has written that you will not get sued if you adapt. <laughs> and, um, you just need to, you know, just ask for permission and he will give you the permission or, or they will. I don't know exactly if it's like he's fielding these emails. I'm sure there's a lot. But I just think that's really cool. You know, mm-hmm. something I, I'd imagine you probably can't like make sell them and everything. But like to be able to to use the work of a genius yeah. to, I don't know, it really did become like the Stephen it, King it did. Um, it, quick take. <laughs> And the we're next, doing another one. Yeah, yeah, the next one's gonna be Stephen King part two. But we just I hope you guys fans. like Stephen King. I don't know why you <laughs> wouldn't though, because like he's a really, he's just a really cool person. And it's a shame when I see a movie that is not adapted well of his. For example, The Shining. We, uh, I saw the most recent adaptation of Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Yes. Also not the best. It really wasn't it wasn't very good in my Here's opinion. the thing. It's really hard to make a movie. And it's even harder to make a good movie. Uh somehow Stephen King it's it's also very hard to write a book and it's even harder to write a good book. Stephen King has literally caught lightning in several bottles. He is like a lightning catcher. However, these people trying their hand at, you know, like sometimes again uh, a good book doesn't necessarily facilitate a good movie. And, no, and I'm not and saying there are way more bad adaptations of his work than good right, ones. right. However, <laughs> here's what I'm saying: I've seen a good adaptation of a Stephen King story, The Mist. Yeah. Great story. The movie adaptation, great. The TV show, awful. I'm saying it is possible. And it's possible because I've read the stories and I know the stories and they're very scary and very, they could easily be put to screen. Yeah. And it's, I'm, my point was that it's sad when you have these great stories and they're not really honored very well as an adaptation. And those are just some examples because, and I, the, the new Carrie remake, I really enjoyed. I, I'm not sure that that was received very well, but. Um, no, not really. But I liked it. I, I did enjoy that. And I read the book for that one too. It was it was good. And there are bad. There are story. There are Stephen King stories that I'm not a fan of that I don't think are very good or engaging or make a good movie. So it's not like I'm just worshiping this man and it's like no, oh you no, got to no. follow I his books you. exactly. Like I I do I recognize that you know and that's just yeah. my opinion. There's it's not like this is based in fact or anything. But well, clearly um, it's just your opinion when you say Shining's not a good movie. But um, you know one of the one of the books that on the one of the articles that I was that I had seen about. Like, these Stephen King books need to be adapted. Was the girl who loved Tom Gordon? And I remember when you read that book, you were so bummed. But listen, check this out though. I'm thinking about it, and I know what it's about because you told me. And you know, but there were also. I think the article went into the fact that it's like, uh, it's kind of like a lot of this girl just walking through the woods lost. Yeah, and I'm like, that might be hard to do. But what did we just freaking watch that like pulled that off so well? <laughs> this is true. We, we yeah we just did um, the take two or the take yeah the take two, two of for the Blair Witch Project, the Blair Witch Project. yeah and 
which I hasn't come out yet, um, but it will, I guess, soon. <laughs> we're just working all over the place. We're trying to get ahead. Yeah, um, we're, yeah. we're shuffling. But but um, this, uh, like, I think that that could work. Tom, the girl who loved Tom Gordon is about a girl that gets lost in the woods, right? That's about it. Yeah, that's really it's about it. It was not my favorite Stephen King book. It was one of the first that I read. It was not my favorite, but uh, I don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna compare the two. I think what made the Blair Witch so good was its format, and I'm not sure you could do the same thing with the girl who loved Tom Gordon. So if you were to adapt that book, you'd have to. I feel like you'd have to make some very dramatic changes to the story, and I'm, I don't know. Oh, that segues into a perfect note, though. The first screenplay that I ever adapted from a book um, is from a book called We Have Always Lived in the Castle. By? And, uh, oh, my God. Shirley Jackson. Yeah. And, um, and apparently it actually did get adapted into a uh, – like it, it actually did get an adaptation, uh, but uh, nothing ever came – like, I mean – I never saw it. I um, I don't. I it didn't get a wide distribution because I certainly, <laughs> I would have totally gone to see it. But basically, I, my point was that the story is very small and doesn't really have a lot going on. So I, I in a in a past episode I had talked about there are different ways to adapt a screenplay. There's like a strict um, adaptation where it stays very close to it, and then there's um, a sort of transformative. There's like a there's one that kind of stays in the middle, and then there's there's a transformative, which is where you take like the themes of the story, but then you add a lot to it. And I think that's really what I had to wind up doing for my story because there's just wasn't a lot there, like not mm-hmm. a ton happens. It's really just about the relationship between these two sisters, and um, I wound up making it something that I think would be. No, I mean, like, I was, it was in, I was, it was like a script I wrote in college. I'm not like proud of it or anything like that. But I like the idea is I tried to turn it into something that was more like something like A24 or something like <laughs> really creepy. Whereas it's just this kind of gothic, like coming of age story. Yeah. Uh, that it is. So it, didn't she do the lottery too? Yes. So she did the lottery and, and then obviously what she's, best known for is she did the haunting of hill house which right is, which is getting a lot of, or got a lot of attention when it came out i think yeah. it's kind of fizzled where everyone's waiting for the second season uh which i it's not a shirley jackson adaptation it's an adaptation no. of something but it's not no it's a, yeah it's a different the haunting of blind manor or something like that um it's the turn of the screw is that yes yeah 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 that's you got those mixed up earlier but okay so this is interesting so another were you finished with that point? Um, no, yeah. It was just me saying that, like, I've actually written or I've actually adapted books. Yeah. And the first one I ever did, I had to basically almost – I mean, I, I took the main characters and put them in a completely new situation, basically. Yeah, yeah. So I – my next list is sort of upcoming adaptations that we can look forward to in later on in – uh, 2019 and okay. 2020 and one of them was i realize now is turn of the screw do you know anything about the cast or anything do you know who's slated for different roles for that so i know that there are two two characters and I, i'm 
I'm blanking for some reason. I think it's um, the youngest sister in that on, on the I don't know her name, but the youngest sister, the one I don't want to like spoil Haunting of Hill House for anyone who hasn't seen it because it's a TV show and or a movie podcast. But like the adult version of the youngest daughter is apparently in it as well, and it's still got the same like obviously director and everything. Right, right, Mike Flanagan. So this is weird. I don't know if there's going to be a a movie, but I saw that Finn Wolfhard and Mackenzie Davis have been picked up for a Turn of the Screw movie. It's called The Turning. Oh, cool. Okay, good. Directed by Floria Sigismondi, written by Carrie Hayes and Chad Hayes, and I guess uh, maybe produced by DreamWorks, Amblin, and Vertigo. I guess we're getting two adaptations of that within the next year, which is oh, interesting. Well, good. good, yeah. It's going to be called The Haunting of Bly Manor, and it's adapting Turn of the Screw, and it comes out next year. Uh, some more on the list of upcoming adaptations. Uh, the only reason I put this on is because Robert Downey Jr. is starring in it, and that we haven't heard anything from him since Avengers. Dr. Doolittle? Yeah, Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. Uh, Call of the Wild is being adapted. Uh, Harrison Ford and Karen Gillum are going to be in it, which should be fun. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I remember. I remember hearing about that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Elizabeth Moss will be playing in the adaptation for The Invisible Man, which was supposed to be a part of this new monster universe that I guess, was it Universal? Yeah, so Universal was doing the monster, like the monster movies, and it, like it, it, the Mummy with um, Sofia Batella and Tom Cruise Tom was going to be in it. Javier Bardem was going to be Frankenstein, and um, Johnny Depp was going to be the Invisible Man. But now they gave it to Blumhouse, and Blumhouse is doing doing it, and apparently the Invisible Man is the same. The Invisible Man is a is an actor from Hill House. Gotcha. Oh, he's. Oh, yeah. He's he's the really he's the really handsome one from. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Artemis Fowl is coming. Disney, I believe, is bringing out Artemis Fowl. Which so is... Disney pushed back Artemis Fowl. That was right. Kenneth Branagh's movie, and it gets released like in May of next year or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And I have like I, I have slightly more faith in it because it's been pushed back and apparently gone through reshoots and they're trying they're actually putting more money into it so that it can this do better and i, I love kenneth Branagh also and i know that artemis fowl was a very popular series i saw disney's adaptation of a wrinkle in time it was not very good so i i have very little faith in this and i feel like they're going to get a lot of pushback if they don't do this oh, right but wait though you also saw the adaptation of um, Murder on the Orient Express, which was directed by this director, Kenneth Branagh. Oh, so, okay. And speaking of Kenneth Branagh, Death on the Nile comes out. I was just going to say that's the next on my list, Death oh, on good. the Nile. So is that also the same director then? Yeah, that's that's his next Hercule Poirot book, or, uh, movie. Awesome. So it's literally like a sequel to the Murder on the Orient Express that came I out really like last enjoyed. year or the year before. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, such a good movie. I really yeah. enjoyed that. That cast was was really really great, and I'm not like I'm not a huge Johnny Depp fan anymore. I really liked. I thought his scene was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I thought he did really good. Um, the witches, which was terrifying back when. Oh, yeah. oh God, Angelica Houston was that who yeah. it was? Uh, I've only ever seen pictures of that. The yeah. Grand High oh. Witch, terrifying. That was 
it's probably not it's probably a dated movie but her makeup and stuff was still terrifying like that that scene in particular where everyone's undressing absolutely terrifying but Anne Hathaway is slated to play the Grand High Witch. And if they don't make that scene as terrifying as it was back then, I'm going to be very disappointed because Stanley Tucci and Octavia Spencer are also going to be in this movie. And that's just, that's just a recipe for a great Stanley Tucci and Anne Hathaway teaming back up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert Zemeckis is is directing it. Oh no. Robert Zemeckis is going to make it all animated. He loves doing that. What else has he done? Look at Robert Zemeckis's. Give me, just look at his his thing. Look what he does now. Welcome to Marwin, which I really want to see. Back to the Future, two thousand eleven. What should I be looking at here? I don't know. Beowulf, Monster House. Yeah, it's like animated stuff. Beowulf, uh, Polar Express. I mean, he's um, done quite a few very successful movies. I I have faith. I, I, I just feel like lately he's way too into the technology of it all. I don't. Well, here. I mean, if he can use that to enhance the creepiness and horror of these witches, then I'm all for it. I'm yeah, I'm sure. Like a technology, using technology to enhance um, a live action natural performance is always good. Like like in Cats, like that looks great. Shut. <laughs> okay. That movie could that that I was that looks terrible, and it's literally it literally could have just been people dressed as cats it did not need to be yeah, it's like it's, digital fur yeah it yeah. just look freaking crazy it look like snapchat filters now uh no you're right um but anyway uh dune which is very 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 popular Denny villeneuve is doing that yes that should be awesome that should be long and boring <laughs> i'm a big sci-fi fan I'm, and i haven't read dune yet i vaguely know what it's about but i, I do want to read it and then before that comes out Leanne Moriarty, who did the, oh my god, Big Little Lies, Nine Perfect Strangers is getting a, a, a series adaptation as well, with I th- which I think also has, oh, who's the Australian actress that's in Big Little Lies? Uh, Nicole Kidman. Yes, she is going to be starring in it as well. Cool. Brave New World is coming out. Little Fires Everywhere, which is a very popular book, is getting is getting an adaptation, which should be very exciting. Stephen King's The Outsider, which just came out, is already getting a show that Cynthia Arriva will be starring in, which I think is great. Uh, the Stand, like I said, is getting... Oh, actually, I don't know if I said this, but it's also getting a limited series, which I think is what inspired the podcast that I mentioned before, uh, which was um, The Circle Opens, which you should check out. And if anyone's familiar with the Chaos Walking trilogy, which is uh, The Knife of Never Letting Go, I have all three of these books. I haven't read them yet. This one's getting... It's tricky because it's been pushed back so many times, but it has Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland in it, which sounds really awesome. And the story is really cool. It's about a universe where people can hear everyone's thoughts, like including animals and stuff. It just sounds like a really great project. And I hope that that comes to a head because I love both of those people. So yeah, that's that all I got. Really cool. That's all I got. Are there any, is there a book that you want adapted? That's my last question to, to <sighs> like, to be honest with you, I just feel like there's like everything's being adapted. Everything yeah. that's written that's popular that I would even and it's, the culture is changing because now it's even like one book, let's Handmaid's Tale for example, which was written in the seventies, eighties. It was written decades ago. Has a show now, yeah. and now that show is getting a sequel before the sequel of that book is coming out. And I think the same thing is happening for. Uh, 
uh, oh god, there's another very popular series. Oh, uh, Big Little Lies. Like that's another one that's coming out. That doesn't have oh, a sequel. Oh yeah, to well, and Big Little Lies. Uh, yeah, it it just continued without without a book to reference. And right, right. season two is not as good as season one. That's what I hear. That's what yeah. I hear. And um, I know Margaret Atwood, who wrote Handmaid's Tale, has a hand in the sequel, so I'm sure things are connected. But um, it's like the culture's changing. It's uh, Game of Thrones was a huge hit, and you know that series ended before the ad- or before the books were finished. And I just think this whole I, I like how the industry is changing and how this culture is kind of being rearranged and mediums are melding and uh, it's just super cool to me. I came up with one. Tell me. Haunted. Oh my god! Don't that you that hit me hard. <laughs> I like okay, so it probably would do better as a mini series, but because it's a movie podcast, I would say it should be a movie that's actually you know eight hours and you put it on a streaming service. Yeah, um, but like no, regardless, like, however it gets told, Haunted by Chuck Palahniuk is that was one of the books we read, we read together, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like a bunch of different little stories, and it seems like people are. Um, getting on board like scary stories still in the dark is an adaptation and um, it it is also an anthology sort of story I know that they take a lot of the separate stories and and try to tie them together through one narrative but I think just because there's so much anthology TV on on right now people are maybe more open to experiencing something like that in the theater and why not why not (laughs) I mean that book is is so like haunted is something right for yeah adaptation it's it's something that i read years and years and years ago and then introduced to you just because i you were a fan of horror and a fan of you know things disturbing and absolutely one of the most horrific disturbing books i've ever read and i think that's why i love it is because chuck polanik is a disturbing writer and he just has pardon the yeah. pun, the guts to, to just put that out there. Yeah. And, um, and he, there, there have been things that I've read that say that this is getting adapted, but that was years ago when I first read the book. So I don't know where things stand. I'm sure production is halted. And yeah. I can't imagine that you can put what is written in that book on TV. I like this has to be like an R rated project. And I feel like there are of too course. many stories. There are too many stories so in it many. that, there's so many R-rated things on. I mean, you know, like put it on the Netflix, or put it on Netflix or a streaming service or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's not like it could be on network TV, but like no. HBO, it's no. not any worse than um, some of the stuff that gets put on. Like You're right. HBO or. You're right. I think Showtime. I would prefer that. Like, it has to be rated R in order for it to be good. I don't. I, want I don't think that there would be any possibility of it not being yeah. rated R. <laughs> um, I just think that like. You would be surprised at the amount of things that like get, you know, slated as like in development, in development, like pretty much everything written by a writer who is anybody gets optioned and you get the, you you know, maybe you can't go and sell that story. Like a producer could make a deal that says, okay, we're going to, we're going to pay you a certain amount of money and we may not make this movie out of your book or your script or whatever, 
but you can't go and sell it to someone else while we do. So for two years, you just sit and wait. And we may or may not. I mean, that technically could constitute being in development. So it's just like you never know. It all depends on who the story comes from. So yeah. a lot of the a lot of the times we you know you hear one article about a story getting pushed forward and it never sees the light of day because it's so hard. There is so much red tape on making a movie that has an original script, much less something that has to go and be purchased and the rights have to be purchased. And you know if there's a writer with any clout, then it you have to go and do financial negotiations and all of that stuff. So it's very hard to uh, get a movie adaptation done, but there are a lot of really great ones and ones that don't even occur to you that, you know, clearly don't even occur to you that they are actual adaptations. So I'm glad that we did this because this is, this is actually like a, um, a really important topic. Mm-hmm. I, think. I hope I hope it was an informative and interesting discussion. I had yeah. fun. <laughs> I did too. Good. Yeah. Okay. So uh, here was this is our uh, not so quick take. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to edit some of this down. Yeah. But uh, if you want to see more of us, we are at take three amp dot com. You can email us at take three amp at gmail dot com or visit us on all major social media sites at take three amp. Those are all the number three. Uh, as well as our brand spanking new Patreon that is up and running now. That is at patreon.com slash take3amp, also the number three. And we, yeah, we also want to thank our two new patrons, uh, Mallory and Jake. Uh, thank you so much for your support. We uh, are very blown away by your generosity. <laughs> it definitely uh, means a lot. So, yes. so, yeah, it certainly does. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I am Nick. He is Jordan. This is Take 3. We'll be back in a week uh, with It Chapter 1. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And if you leave us a rating and review on iTunes, if you leave us your favorite movie or a comment or something, any movie discussion or question, we will absolutely bring it up in the podcast. That helps us a ton. So certainly does. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, Jordan. I was Thank you for listening to me. I wasn't I thanking you. But, uh, but no, I appreciate that you listened to me today. It was really nice. I needed it. All I ever do. I needed someone to listen to me. Thank you so much. And I needed someone to talk to. I, I really needed to like get my feelings out there about book adaptations. No, you did. You did. Okay, good. Sure. <laughs>